Hi everybody, um, you're listening in to Donna and Cheryl today and welcome to our Life Lessons Conversations. Um, we really want you to take 20 minutes to yourself now, get a cup of coffee, kick back and relax and really get some inspiration from the amazing story that we're going to um, go through with you in a minute with our special guest today who's an amazing guy, personal friend of mine called Stephen Lewis. Stephen is a really successful man. He's got an incredible career and has got this beautiful woman, fabulous life. He's met his soulmate in life. And a few years ago now, Stephen had a life event which really rocked him, totally knocked him sideways. And um, we're going we're to talk to him a little bit about that now. So Stephen, over to you. Tell me what happened. Tell me what your life was like before um, it really all kicked off. Yeah, hi. Um, so, um, yeah, life life was life at that time. Um, work was busy, as it always is. Uh, and it was going back into uh, late 2009, uh, where uh, I'd met my new partner, uh, very happy. Um, we were starting off on this new life together. Uh, and actually, things looked really, really, really positive looking forward. Um, I'd noticed myself things didn't seem right. I mean, I was in my mid-30s, just assuming my body was changing and life, life was uh, catching up on me. But um, there were sort of small things happening in my life day to day, such as uh, I'd be carrying the kids around and then I'd, I'd trip over because I couldn't see uh, in front of me or, um, or, or I'd uh, pick up these headaches quite often and some of them really quite severe. Anyway, I think my, my moment came when uh, I realized something wasn't quite right when I was actually stuck in a traffic jam uh, on the way back from a meeting in South End, all the way back up to Manchester. And I was sat there, and I don't know why, but I just closed one eye and looked ahead of me. And I suddenly realized that the car in front of me, I had bits of it missing when I was looking, uh, looking at it head on. Uh, and, and it was the same when I closed one eye and, and, and sort of opened up the other eye. Um, so, so as you do, I, I, I arranged to go and get my eyes checked out. Uh, and I was in an optician for about an hour and a half. Uh, the lovely um, uh, assistant clearly thought I was trying to take the mick out of her because uh, no matter what she altered and changed, it, I couldn't see any better. It just, just it was, it was weird. The way I would describe it is, as you read the letters going along, I could read two and then it would just slur off to one side. Anyway, um, they made a referral. I went to see an eye specialist. Uh, he did a number of tests and. Uh, he came back to me and said, we'll, we'll, we'll do some further tests and I'll, I'll let you know what's going on. And it was funny, I was, I was out shopping in Manchester and I, I, I had a missed call, so I listened to the voicemail and I always remember it, I was coming out of the Arndale Centre um, and it was my specialist and he sort of left a voicemail saying, hi Mr Lewis, hope you're well. Um, just to let you know, the good news is it's not your eyes, uh, we've discovered it's a brain tumour a little bit further back into your head. Uh, just give me a call, I'll put you in touch with the right person, we'll get a sort for you. <laughs> I just remember um, stopping still in the middle of Manchester thinking, really? I'll just listen to that message again um, and uh, no the message was right so I obviously rang him straight back um, and it turned out that I had a tumor roughly the size of a golf ball uh, on my pituitary gland which is um, right in the center of your brain about five centimeters back uh, from your eyes um, I was put in touch with uh, a surgeon uh, at, at uh, the Salford Royal uh, Hospital, who turns out to be absolutely leading in his field, um, who reassured me and said, look, we can sort this out for you. Um, I've developed a new technique which, which sees me go through the nose and, and, and not through, through, through the, uh, the skull. Um, and actually, we're really confident that we should, we should sort that out for you. So, um, 
So that's what he did. We, we had the operation in, in February 2010. Uh, I was on a ward with six other guys who'd also had the same kind of brain tumour as myself. Uh, the difference was I didn't have blood coming out of my nose all the time. I, I was up and about within, within 12 hours of the operation. Um, and because he'd done this sort of new technique or, or tried this new, uh, this new way of, of dealing with the issue, um, it just made such a difference to my recovery. And I was on my feet and, and, and sort of mobile quite quickly. Um, and, and then, you know, because it's on the pituitary gland, um, uh, they, they couldn't take all of the tumor away. There's always a risk it will grow back. Um, and sure enough, within a couple of years, that started to happen. Um, so the decision was, we'll, we'll perform some radiotherapy for six weeks. That'll get rid of it, clear it up, and, um, uh, and on you go. Um, and since then, never really looked back. Um, to be fair, that, that sort of stopped the tumour from growing and it's constantly in remission now. Uh, the downside to that is um, because the pituitary gland is so, um, so important to your body because it regulates all your hormones, one by one all the hormones my body needs shut down um, one after another. So now I'm dependent on injecting growth hormone on a daily basis. Um, I have testosterone injections every three months uh, and I take a whole load of other tablets on a daily basis just to keep me going. Um, so I think from a life event, it, it couldn't have come at a, at a worse time. I've been with my wife for three months. Um, you know, it would have been very easy for her to run away at that time. Uh, but actually, we took it as a, as a huge bonding exercise, and it probably gave us the strong platform of, of, of what we have today, to be fair. Um, I was off work for roughly about six months. Um, and it was actually unsurprisingly when I came back to work, I had a very different philosophy on, on my career. And um, I think where I'd always worked in a fast paced and stressful environment, actually there's more to life was, was suddenly what, what I was thinking to myself. Um, but I actually channeled that in a positive way because I think there's a risk when you go through an event like that, that when you see things which are very important in a work uh, situation, uh, but actually you know there's more things to life, it's very easy for you to become quite cynical and, and quite, um, quite judgmental on, on those types of situations. Uh, but, but actually let that situation make me feel a lot more positive and, and you know sort of my opening question to a lot of crises as it's called today is right okay who's died nobody's died let's move on from it guys we can deal with this and, and that sort of tends to be my philosophy moving forward so yeah an, an interesting journey wow and that's an amazing story Absolutely. and to hear you talk through that and the, the positivity that kind of comes across and the way that you've just dealt with all of this is absolutely amazing um, I'm just thinking, I mean, it must have been really, really stressful for you in the period where you didn't know what was wrong with you when you were having your headaches and your eyes, you know, like what, what was going on for you through that time? How did you deal with that phase of it, Stephen? Um, I've always been quite good at comp compartmentalizing my life. Uh, work is work, home is home, and, and a lot of the over sort of cross on occasion. I'm very good at keeping that separate. And I think actually using the situation of, of the upheaval and, and, and throughout the period of not knowing what was happening, just focusing on work and making sure I was doing the best job I could sort of helped me get through that. I knew I had support at home. That, you know, that, that was a given. And you know, that I'm really lucky that was the case. Um, and just heading into it head on, not burying my head in the sand. That's how you deal with these types of things. Um, and I think that's probably how I got through it. Wow. Um, like I say, it, it's, it's amazing really, isn't it? That you go, you're dealing with all of that and then you're able to actually decompartmentalize that and actually just focus on everything that's happening like step by step, which is brilliant. And you just mentioned there about having support from your family and you've just met your now wife for only three months. So that must have been a bit of a, 
a worrying time. How, how did your family and your girlfriend support you? Um, just being there, to be fair. Um, I think um, we were both, we're both very strong people naturally. Um, and we have this great way of using humour to get through situations like that. Um, the, 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 there are many stories where we'd have a laugh. I mean, I even nicknamed the tumour at one point, Billy. Um, you know, so, so when you refer to your own tumour as Billy, and, and you know, it, it sort of just, it, it just helps you sort of relax a bit. I, I know that's a really strange word to use, but there's nothing you can do about it. You're in the hands of professionals. Yeah. You do what they tell you to do, and you're going to come out of it all right. Um, and yes, there's risks. There was all sorts of risks read out uh, ahead of the operation. But you know what? you put your hands in these professionals and you trust them and, and that's what happened. Um, so overall, yeah, we use humor. I think it's probably the best way uh, of getting through situations like that. And actually it really helps now as well from a, a work perspective, because you know, every, everybody is going through their own challenges in life. Some of them huge, some of them medical, some of them feel huge, but maybe it's not. So I do feel I'm in a good position now to help coach and mentor people through those types of situations by just being myself um, and, and just reflecting on how I felt through, through some of the events that life gave me or, or challenged me with. Um, and actually, you know, there was a young girl at work the other day who, um, who I, I now wear a medical uh, alert bracelet on my wrist so people know if anything was to happen to me that I do take uh, certain tablets. And she spotted it and she, you know, very brave of her, asked me, you know, can, do you mind me asking why you wear that and we got talking and the reason she asked that she'd only been told the week before that she had a genetic gene, sorry a genetic issue herself mm -hmm. and she was really struggling to deal with that so just by opening up and, and talking to her and sort of scraping the surface of how she felt um she left feeling much much better and you know in a workplace i'm somebody who is now seen as, as a go-to person who will not only help from a work perspective but also in purpose on it so uh, so yeah Wow. And that, that's, that's really important for you, I suppose, at work to be able to be open and share your story as well and use it to kind of inspire other people and coach and mentor. I'm really interested to know where you got your inner strength from. So we hear you say, you know, you, you kind of just deal with things step by step. You, you've got to just deal with it. Like, where does that come from? How are you like that? Good question. I, I think it's just me. Um, if I'm being brutally honest, um, I mean, from a very young age, my parents, um, uh, I mean, I'm very lucky. The, the only thing they ever asked for me is, is work as hard as you can, be polite to people and, 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 and you know, be, be respectful. Uh, and that's three, three principles I've always lived to. So I think that sort of drives the resiliency in you. You are who you are. Um, but, you know, I'm always the person who if somebody says, do you want to try this? I'll say, yeah, why not? You know, whether it's in, in a personal life or home, I'm not afraid to put myself outside of my comfort zone. And to be fair, that's the only way I'm going to learn in life. You go through life to experience things. And if you don't experience things, you don't learn and grow. Um, and, and, and the biggest thing, I think, certainly from an early age, um, I mean, the, the approach of sort of work as hard as you can sounds brilliant when you're a child, but maybe I didn't get the grades. I really could have and should have if, I, if I'd applied myself. Um, so, so I think some of that learning comes across as well. And you think, actually, um, whatever I step into now, I've got my level and, and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And if I don't hit that level, I will push myself and push myself till I do get to that level. So yeah, I think it's just me, um, to be fair. <laughs> it's is. a good you. It is. It's a good you. Interestingly, speaking about, you know, how you called him Billy as well. That's actually one of the um, strategies they give you with pain management and things these days is to actually name like what's wrong with you or your paint and talk to it so you're not 
again talking about we talk about manifestation a lot and you know the universe sending you stuff and the the main theory is that if you are resistant to something it actually causes you more pain and stress and anguish in your life whereas if you become friends with it and you try to understand it and you come at it from almost a position of love which is kind of your sense of humor it's a one than Billy, what we're doing today, then what you got next for me. So without you even knowing that, you're actually aligning yourself in the best way that you instinctively know how to get yourself through a process, which it's actually people pay to get that kind of advice from somebody. <laughs> it's strange. I mean, I, I, you know, it, it just, I, I think the way I, I deal with serious events is I do try to trivialize it quite often and, and that's easier said than done again a lot of it's about the personality you are but for me just 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 having a laugh and trying to break the atmosphere I mean clearly the people around me were very tense and in some cases actually and I, you know I, I still say this today it was easier for me going through it than for my friends and family watching me going through it because they were helpless um, so a lot of the humor coming from me was just to try and break some of the uh, the tension in other people and make them feel better about themselves mm-hmm. um, so, so, I mean, the humor seemed to work quite well. And, and, you know, hand on heart, I think I only really had one wobble in the sort of three months between the diagnostic, the, the diagnostic and the, the actual operation where, where I did sort of break down and, and had, had a few tears and it all became very real. But sort of that was it out of the system and I moved straight back on from there. And that wasn't, a, you know, that wasn't me holding things back or, or, um, or, or trying to be strong. That was me just, just being me, I suppose. Um, but uh, it's funny how you react to those situations. And, and actually, I think, again, one of the things which really hit home to me was um, uh, in my workplace, there was an email sent out across all of, all of my, my function uh, telling people what, what I was going through and, and, you know, and, and sort, of, sort of wishing me the, the best and stuff. And I was on the email distribution list and I got on a read and I thought, oh, my God, that, that's really serious. And <laughs> it's hard to think, no, they're talking about you. Because, uh, again, it's, it's harder sometimes for other people um, than it is for yourself. It's strange. Mm, absolutely. So you go through this event. Tell us how it's changed how you think and how you operate and what your life looks like following that, that huge life-changing experience. What, what's, what's been the biggest difference, do you think, since? Um, so I think, I think it's self-awareness. Uh, I think whilst I'm under medication and it takes a while to get yourself to the right level so your body acts normally, um, you know, it, it, it's certainly been hard to adapt to a new, a new me, if, if, you know, if, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, I can't stress enough, your pituitary gland literally is your personality. Um, it controls what you laugh at, what you cry at. It controls when you feel tired. I mean, it's you. Um, and certainly for the, the early days as I was, as I was um, trying to get my dosage correct, um, you go through those hormonal situations and i'd find i'd cry at things which which were ridiculous you know one of my kids wouldn't do what i asked them to do and i found myself in tears about it i mean this is something i'd never experienced before um at the same time you know as i'm coming towards end of my testosterone cycle it's very natural for me as i'm as i'm coming through the lag to start getting irritable and quite tired and and quite short-tempered um and whilst that was Equally it's difficult to handle it from a home perspective as well as a work perspective. You've got to understand that. Um, and when your wife's telling you, are you due your injection? Um, you know, you sort the response is, no, I'm not. I'm perfectly okay, blah, 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 blah. Well, she's, clearly she's right because she knows me better than anybody. But actually being a professional in a high stressed, uh, sorry, a high uh, fast paced uh, organization, you've got to be aware of how you're coming across. 
And I've always been very proud of my brands and the fact that you are the shadow you cast as a leader. And no matter what's going on, you know, you walk around that office as if you're in total control, even if you're thinking, what do I do next? Um, and actually going through that medical side of it and trying to be professional and protect my brand was actually really difficult at first. That's excellent. So I guess the, 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 the big question for us then to leave um, people who've listened in today on is if there was one piece of advice from your life lesson, Stephen, that you would give to somebody listening, maybe who's going through their own event right now, be it physical, emotional, um, you know, whatever that may be, spiritual, what would be the one piece of advice that you would pay forward to them from the experience that you've had? Oh, good question. Um, I think genuinely everything happens for a reason. Um, I've never been a big one for religion or higher powers or things like that. But I, the older I get, the genuinely I'd start to think there is a plan for everybody's life. Um, and I think sometimes we're too quick to push against um, plans or, or you know, we get put in situations of choice and, and we, we, we get stressed around what choices we make in life. Actually, I tend to find if you trust your, your instincts and um, you put your faith in the people around you, whether they be family or professionals, uh, medical or, or whatever else, you know what? Things tend to work out 99% uh, of the time. So I think it's just, uh, you know, go with the flow um, and have faith in, in whatever that is you believe in. Um, and, and uh, you know, find I think stay true to yourself as well, because I think too many people uh, have too much of a hang up about who they are and you just got to be true to what you believe in. Absolutely, that's Amazing. good advice. Yeah, fabulous. Well, we've been really inspired listening today, and we know that yeah. everybody who listens in will be as well, Stephen. So, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and being so open and honest about the impact it's had on you and your family. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you.